Hi, and welcome to Coffee and Pearls, 15 minutes of wisdom for Catholic moms. I'm Sterling Jaquith, and today we are officially starting season four. So thank you for hanging with me for four seasons, ladies, for all of you who have been here since the beginning, and welcome those who have joined along the way. Last season was a little crazy with a surprise pregnancy and more bed rest and Irish twins, all the things. So I decided that this first episode should be about getting back on track. And as I was putting it together, I thought, haven't I said all of this before? It all felt so familiar. And, you know, after three full seasons, sometimes I forget everything that I've said before. But I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter. This episode is what I need to hear. It's what I need to hear coming out of babyland and looking at this new chapter of my life. And I really view kind of two new chapters. There's kind of the postpartum chapter, which to me lasts for about three months. And then there's the chapter after that where I think, oh, I'll be a person again. So I'm kind of staring down both of those new beginnings. And asking myself, you know, what does it look like to get back on track again. And we tend to have this kind of sinking feeling of starting something again. And the older I get, the easier it is for me to wallow in that negative space instead of perhaps the naive and youthful, you know, beginnings of my early 20s where I thought this is new and it's going to be fantastic. But after you've crashed and burned enough times, it's easy to tell yourself, we're going to start this again. Yay. But then you don't really believe it. And so first I want to dispel that. We're going to change over and over and over again. And in fact, one of my favorite quotes is from Blessed John Henry Newman. And he says, to live is to change. And to be perfect is to have changed often. To live is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often. As soon as we accept that we're going to do this a thousand more times, it doesn't feel so bad. It's not that we failed in the past and that's why we're changing and coming up to this new beginning. It's because we have new information, we're in a new life situation And that calls for change, and it's a good thing. And it's kind of like how Matthew Kelly says, we think that we hate change, but actually we love change, we just hate transition. So true. And I just want to be there, right? I want to be there past the changing point where I've got my rock-solid routine in place, and I feel really confident about what I'm doing. But of course, there's a lot of time and space and pain between now and then as I'm establishing that routine and going through the pain of of trying it on and making sure it's the right fit. And so today as we're talking about getting back on track, I want to give us a few tips for doing that. And even if you've heard them before, that's okay. I want you to hear them again because you probably need to hear them again just like I need to hear them again. And this is coming out in September, which is a transitional time for a lot of you. Maybe the kids have gone back to school. Maybe the weather is changing. 
I love fall. It's my favorite season. And it's a good time to just pause and say, hey, what's going on? What needs to be different? What do I need to cling to that's worked for me? And how do I want to go forward in this new season and really live intentionally? And one of the reasons why I didn't put any dates in my Catholic Women Shine goal planner is because I wanted women to be able to do this anytime they wanted. Not just in January, not at the beginning of Advent, not even necessarily at the beginning of a calendar quarter, but that you would wake up one day and say, I want to feel confident about my goals and what I'm chasing, and I'm going to start that today. And so I've done that a few times in my planner, and I just, like, I flip to a new section, and I go, great, I'm starting right now. It hasn't, it really doesn't matter what's going on in the world or on the calendar. I'm ready to change. Now, having a new baby is a great time because it kind of forces you into that, um, but I love being unpregnant and hoping for the future uh, because pregnancy has been so physically painful for me that even being tired and postpartum tends to be a really joyful time for me because at least I can walk. So as we talk about getting back on track, the first phrase I want us to keep in mind is just resume. We don't have to make a big deal out of getting back on track or getting back on the wagon or starting a habit that we've had and we let slide. We don't have to beat ourselves up. Sometimes I think it's worth it to ask why. Why did we let that go? But sometimes I know perfectly well why I let something slide and I don't need to overanalyze it and I could just do it again. Just resume. Maybe you kicked your Diet Coke habit and all of a sudden in the summer, It was there at every barbecue and you started drinking Diet Coke again and you know that's not great for your body so now you're just going to give it up. You don't need to overthink it. Just resume. Just say, great, here's the line in the sand today. I'm no longer going to be drinking Diet Coke. Maybe it's reading your Bible in the morning. Maybe you had a habit of doing that and it was going well and then you got busy and fell off track. That happens to me often when I'm pregnant or postpartum. I get out of that early morning Bible routine and then it's just harder to stick somewhere else in the day or to remember. And instead of beating myself up over it, I just say, okay, we're just going to resume. When we phrase it like that, it just, it feels so comfortable and welcoming, doesn't it? Just like, yeah, welcome back. Let's do that thing again. And it's important for us to cling to things that are familiar when they were helpful for us. And so that kind of brings me to the second concept I want to talk to talk about, which is from a book that I just read. It was fabulous. I'm going to be doing a podcast on it soon. And it's called Tools by Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. It's kind of a psychology book. And they lay out these five tools to help you improve your life. And they were all fabulous. But what I loved is near the end of the book, they had this entire chapter about how you're going to stop using the tools. And they were like, look, we've done this for a long time. We've shared these tools with our clients. And this is what happens every single time. You're going to try the tools. You're going to absolutely love what they do for you. 
and then you're going to stop using them. And they were saying it's just kind of human nature to do this, that we want to grab onto something and then we feel like the work is done and we're fine and we want to move on. And they were saying, so first, give yourself some mercy and forgiveness for doing that because everyone does that. It's a common humanity thing. But then knock it off. Go back and use the tools again. And so they're talking specifically about the five tools that they lay out in their book. But I think that applies to so many things that we've tackled. So many things I've talked about on this show, you know, where maybe you heard something and you're like, oh, that's amazing. I'm going to try it. And you did. And it was awesome. And then for some reason, you stopped doing it. We don't need to perpetuate the American consumerism attitude by wanting something new all the time. Sometimes it's really good to go back and try something old that worked. Now that's boring and it's not as much fun as saying I'm trying this new fabulous thing and tricking ourselves into thinking that the newness is what's going to make it work this time. You don't need to do that. Sit down, breathe, pray, And ask God in the last 20 years, what tools have really worked for you? What moments in your life did you have great peace? Were you at your best? Were you able to punch through hard situations? It doesn't have to be new. And that leads me to the third tip which we talked about before, this is from Mel Robbins, the five second rule. Once you decide that you're going to resume, whether they're new tools or you've got some old tools that you're picking up, sorry, the other way around, whether they're old tools or you're going to pick up a few new ones, make your decisions and then Don't overthink it. Don't give your brain time to talk you out of doing it. Five seconds, right? So she talks about waking up in the morning. You wake up, oh, I don't want to get up and I haven't made the coffee yet and oh, my two-year-old's being terrible. It's going to be a hard day. I'm going to the dentist today. Like whatever the thing is, you you know, your, your brain will automatically talk you out of getting up and you just say, forget it. Five, four, three, two, one. And you spring out of bed like launching a rocket. So that's the example that she leads with, but I do this all the time. I do it when I'm sitting in a chair in my living room and I'm just super cozy and I'm looking at the kids and nobody's arguing and it feels like such a fragile existence, right? And I know that we should move on and do something else, but everyone's being happy. And I just want to sit there for 20 minutes longer, which sometimes is okay. But then when I think about my goals and what I wanted to do and how really important they were to me. Maybe it's reading out loud to the kids. Maybe it's, you know, decluttering my kitchen counter because that brings me peace. And my peace really gets robbed when there's just stuff on that stinking kitchen counter all the time, right? That dumping ground that everyone has. And instead of overthinking it, I just go five, four, three, two, one, and I get up out of that chair. You can apply that to lots of situations, but it's important to remember we have to short circuit our brain sometimes to do what's best for us. And you did the hard work of deciding what was best for you. 
as you created goals or made a list of what you wanted to tackle this week, we're really good at planning. We're not as good at executing. And so the five second rule can just help you do that. You already planned from a place of peace. You know what's important. You don't even need to think about it now. Get up and do it. And the last point that I wanted to talk about was building up a momentum of wins. Um, I'm a melancholic person. I'm probably a sanguine melancholic. Um, But that melancholic voice in my head is just there all the time. Oh, you don't want to do this. And then you never do it. And then you're never going to do it. And you're a terrible person and everything is over. Right? Melancholics spiral down real fast. And that's not a matter of depression. That's just literally a facet of their personality. So even when they're happy people, they just tend to kind of have a pessimistic view of things, especially themselves. And so for me, I can kind of spiral down or I now know that it's important for me to work really hard to spiral up. And I spiral up with really small things like vacuuming a small space makes me very happy and takes very little time. Um, Decluttering a, a, a counter takes very little time, makes me feel really good about myself. I'll set a 15 minute timer and read books to my kids. And that's something that I value, but I literally never feel like doing it, you guys. I'm not Sarah McKenzie and I don't want to read the beautiful books to the children. I don't, but I want our family to be like that. And as soon as I do it, I'm happy. And so... I pick a couple really small things that are within my reach, that are within my control to spiral me up. And then after I've done a few of those things, I feel excited or brave enough to tackle something harder that I don't want to do, like cleaning the bathroom. Um, I'm trying to think of other yucky things that I don't want to do. Maybe taking the kids to the park. That's another one of those like, oh, That's a lot bigger deal than (laughs) reading books, but uh, I never feel like doing it. And yet when we do it, they're so happy and we come back and it it completely transforms our day. And so I know it's good, but I kind of have to work myself up to that sometimes. Okay. So just to recap, number one, to live is to change. This is not a bad thing. You did nothing wrong. You didn't fail again. You're just going to pick yourself up. Stop looking backwards. You're going to look forward and say, this is what I'm tackling right now. The other reason I made that Catholic Women Shine planner, and again, it's a goals planner. It's not a to-do calendar thing, is that I I love two-week sprints. I love setting my intentions for two weeks because that just seems like the perfect amount of time of what I can mostly control and, and hold in my mind. One week just isn't enough, and so it's easy to just have a slow start and then not finish and feel bad, but two weeks is just great. And so just just ask yourself that. You Just take out a piece of paper and say, what do I want to do in the next two weeks? To live is to change. Then I want you to just resume. Just resume and I'm gonna smash this with the next one. Use the tools that have worked for you. You don't need something new. You don't need a planner. You don't need a book. You don't need a new organizational thing in your kitchen. 
you know what you need to do and you've had tools that have worked for you in the past. Lean on those again. Don't forget the five second rule. Once you've decided what's important to you, don't don't overthink it throughout the day. Just five, four, three, two, one, blast off, launch into the tasks that you have to do. For me, that's often just getting up. I really like sitting in one place. So for me, it's often getting up, but it might be I'm standing in the kitchen and I, you know, I really don't want to clean the bathrooms, but I just go, Sterling, knock it off. We're going to do it. And then as soon as I get into it, it's not like you stop. It's not like you get 30 seconds into cleaning the bathroom and go, oh, I'm out. I can't finish it. You just do. You finish it. All right. And then the last one is build a momentum of wins. Pick some really small, easy things. Sorting the mail. Straightening the shoes in the shoe closet. That's a small thing, but it always makes me so happy because I come in the door and I see their little shoes lined up. And even though I know that's not going to last, it just makes me feel happy to do it. And then I know that it will make me energized and more brave to tackle the next thing. So here's to getting back on track. Here's to new life phases, big and small. Here's to fall, which is absolutely my favorite season. I just, I feel like giving myself a medal every time I survive August because redheads were not made to live in August, no matter where you live. And so I'm happy that the weather is going to get cooler and fall is my jam. And I'm so excited to be back here, to have a baby and to move on, hopefully with no more pregnancies for a long, long time. And... I'm glad that you're still here and you're still listening and I have so many exciting things planned for the next year, but I'm not going to tell you about them because I did that last year and then we got pregnant. So it's going to be a secret until it's ready to go live. All right, ladies, I'm praying for you. Have a blessed day and thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Pearls.